Can you hear me now? Should I yell? Okay. All right. This morning's topic, given that things are changing here at Running Springs, um, new beginnings. And while I was down at South Bay, I came across this version of the Bible that just cracks me up. I thought the New Living Translation was rather uh, broad in its uh, liberties. In a sense. Is that what you would call it? Anyway, you know how it puts it in regular, regular conversation. Okay, I found that the Message Bible is even more so. So it cracked me up. But anyway, our scripture this morning is going to be Philippians 1, 3 through 16. Excuse me, 1 through 16. So Philippians 3, 1 through 16. This is from the message. And it says, well, that's about it, friends. <laughs> that crack up? Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters, and I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. So here it goes. Isn't this a crack up? Steer clear of the barking dogs. Those religious busybodies all bark and no bite. And they're interested in appearances. Knife happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We wouldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials, you know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin. Somebody confused where we're at? <laughs> it, doesn't have, it doesn't even look anything like the New King James. But I will be teaching out of the New King James, so no worries. So just kind of sit down and listen to what this version says. So he is from the tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting Christians, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I use to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all these things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I, would, I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ. And be embraced by him, I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his sufferings, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I am not saying that I have this all together, that I have, have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, 
Don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself as an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision and will see you through it. Let's pray. Ah, gracious Heavenly Father, what a wonderful um, message about forgetting those things in the past and moving forward to that high calling which you give us. And so I just give you this study. I ask that you speak through me, that the ladies here can be encouraged and hopeful and be really looking forward to what the Lord has for what you have for us in the future. So I give you this time. I ask that you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. So Paul wanted them to to commit this to memory. Apparently he has done a lot of teaching. Um, Just word of mouth, going to these little churches all throughout Asia Minor and was just teaching wherever he went it was his passion and so now he wants to write it down so that they don't forget me personally I have to write everything down I have probably met conservatively 2,000 people in the last three weeks okay (laughs) and I'm going there is no way I'm going to remember I barely got the staff down yet I mean I still go okay who said that just walked by you know, I've got this one gal that's, that's, that's looking after me. You know, I finally got her name down. Now, part of the problem, part of the problem is they're not, this is mainly a, a Asian, Hispanic, black community. And all of their names are unusual. They're not, you know, Betty or even Carmen. Jennifer, you don't hear these names. My my right hand gal, wonderful gal, her name is Nini. And I kept saying Nene and she goes, No, Nini, Nini. I go, Okay, I got it. Nini, Nini. So there's just you know, it but they're all beautiful names. I have never heard so many beautiful names in my whole life. You know, one gal's named Silky. I'm going, Ooh, I like that, Silky. You know, and they're all just precious. Precious, and so um, I can't seem to grasp a lot of these names because they are not normal for me. So pray for me that I will, my brain will be transformed, and it'll actually think. But anyway, so Paul wanted them to commit what he's about to tell them to memory, and so he's writing it down. So now he is warning. He says, "Beware of dogs, because beware of evil workers." Beware of the mutilation. Now, our real problem is our, the enemy of our soul, right? He has so much influence over so many people, and we allow ourselves sometimes to be used by him. And so he's saying, beware of them. You know, there are people that just like to stir the pot, don't they? I mean, we, um, Jeff and I always called them grenade, grenade launchers. So they walk into a room, they throw their grenade, and they run out. 
You know, they don't want to be there when everything blows up, but they just seem to love to stir things up. That is what the enemy does. So Paul's saying, beware of these guys. They're no good. Steer away from them. Avoid them at all costs. So our real problem is the enemy of our souls, and he can be, he's had a lot of practice. So just be aware of them. It says, for we are the circumcision, and that just means set apart, who worship God in the spirit, Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee. He was a lawyer. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is the law, he was blameless. So one way of putting... This, in today's terms, would be kind of like this. Of course I should be put into leadership. I go to church three times a week. I read my Bible every day. I pray. I tithe. I volunteer for the food ministry. I have bumper stickers all over my car. (laughs) I have scriptures on my walls at home, which I actually do. I love it. But it's a I, 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 I. You see that? It is thinking that because they do these things, that makes them righteous. That's not the case, is it? It's all about the motivation. But see, all of us have trouble with the flesh. Our, our natural tendency is to be oftentimes too confident, too prideful, and self-righteous. Boy, I have been guilty of all three because it is our natural state. It is when the Spirit is working through us that we were able to counter these. And so what Paul is trying to tell us is that if anyone has cause to be all that, is that that's where you fall into trouble. The moment we think we got it together is when we first take our step backwards. So that is, for me, boy, I am preaching to myself here. The minute I think I'm all that... That is when I'm going to start to falter. But if I keep my eyes on the Lord and say, I cannot do anything without him, then I will be on stable ground. So I have to, I have to keep reminding myself those things. The, um, when we think that we can do it on our own is when it becomes a work of the flesh. And so what does that mean when I say it is a work of the flesh? Well, anything that is for your own glory, your own, I like this term these days, I want to be validated in what I do. Okay, our validation comes from the Lord, amen? We should serve an audience of one, not everybody else. So ultimately, you have to do what you feel the Lord is telling you to do. No other motivation should come into it. We should never seek the praise of men because you know what? They'll always disappoint us, don't they? You never seem to get enough praise from men. But when you feel like, wow, I did this only for the Lord, the blessing that comes fills you up. The blessing that comes from people's praise leaves you still hungry for more. And it's because it's not real praise, is it? And so... That is doing things in your own flesh. It can be also very good things. It can always be, you know, um, tithing is a good thing. Supporting your church is a good thing. Serving, making coffee, those are good things. But if you're doing it so that people see you, 
you've got the wrong motivation. The motivation should always be that you're, you just, out of love for the Lord and God's people, you want to serve. And so it's like wild horses couldn't keep you back. So remember, motivation is key in this. The motivation must be for the Lord's glory, not your own. So verse number 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. So the credit and respect that Paul obtained, he looked at as nothing to, compared to knowing Jesus. And that was always, has always been a life goal for me. I used to have um, these verses scrolling on my computer, and I would read them over and over and over and over. And then it's companion with verse 7. It says, Yes, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of knowing of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Wouldn't you love to be able to really say this and feel it in your heart? It is so hard, though, to be able to just throw everything aside and keep my eyes focused on Jesus. That would be amazing. But Paul lost everything. When he became a Christian, when he was met on that road to um, Emmaus, is that the right word, Emmaus? Yes. Um, I was going to say Emmaus, and it didn't quite sound. So on the road to Emmaus, you remember the Lord came down and spoke to Paul. He says, Saul, well, actually his name was Saul back then. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, uh, who are you? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. So from that point on, man, he was sold out, but it cost him dearly. The speculation is he lost his whole family. He was married. All Pharisees were married. But have you noticed since he became a Christian, there's no mention of his wife anywhere? And so I'm thinking, just like many cults today, if you leave the cult, what happens? Like the Mormon church, what happens when... Um, a Mormon decides to leave the church, oftentimes they lose their family. They are disowned because he was a Pharisee. That means he was from a, a good family in those terms. You know, he was from a righteous family, a follower of the law. And when he decided to follow Jesus, it cost him. But he, consi- he considered it rubbish, garbage. He says, that is nothing, nothing compared to Knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, that is an amazing statement to me. And that is what I aspire to do, is saying everything is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. So when you have that perspective, nothing can move you. Nothing moves you because your eyes are so focused on the Lord that it doesn't matter what's swirling around you, what bad things are happening, that if you counted them all lost, everything else is just gravy, right? The blessings are... Just additional wonders that the Lord um, gives you. So he says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So Paul understood that apart from God, he was nothing. And we are. Apart from God, we are nothing. And all the works in the world would account for nothing if they aren't doing it, if you're not doing it, to glorify God. It's still rubbish. It's just trying to please yourself, trying to please the people around you. So he continues on, verse 10. 
that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, he wants to, he considers it a blessing. And Peter also said the same thing. When they were suffering for the sake of Christ, they were like, wow, I'm counted worthy to suffer just like Jesus did. Isn't that the most amazing thing? Woohoo! I get to suffer. You know, and I'm going, I, I'm not sure I'm there yet. You know, but these guys, you know, I, I can't say that I am, but they thought it was such a blessing to be counted worthy to partake of the same sufferings. Not that we would ever have to suffer what Jesus suffered. It doesn't even compare. Our sufferings today, especially in America, it's like persecution. What's really persecution here? Oh, somebody says, I can't pray in school. School. That's not persecution. Ask the people who are being captured by ISIS what persecution is. So that is true persecution. That poor Pastor Saeed that's still in Iran being tortured every single day. That's persecution. And so Dr. Saeed, from what I've heard, I've heard his wife speak at a conference, and she says he considers it an honor. You know, and he is still, the reason why he keeps getting beat and tortured, because he keeps preaching. So it's like, okay, I'm such a baby. You know? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he wanted, he wanted to partake in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So Paul was able to completely lay down his life for his Lord because of the suffering Jesus went through for him, that he could be counting worthy to suffer the same things that Jesus suffered. He says, not that I have already attained. Boy, howdy, I know I haven't obtained this. It's like, wow, this is like so far removed to where I am. It's like I have a lot of work to do. He says, but, I, or am I already perfected? But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. How many of you know you have a long way to go before you're like Jesus? Yeah, yeah. See, um, we need to always remember, he who began a good work will complete it. Amen. He will be faithful to complete it in you. And someday we will be the complete reflection of Jesus. And uh, I'm reminded of a story about a small girl that was in a church. And uh, she was looking at the stained glass windows. I grew up in a Baptist church, and there were three big stained glass windows. And they depicted scenes of, you know, like the Apostle Paul preaching or Peter and all these kind of things. Didn't have any of Jesus, really. But um, anyway, so this girl is looking this little girl's looking at the pictures and all the apostles and it was saying who they were and all that kind of stuff. And then the pastor says, so what is a, what is a disciple, you know? And she says, well, they're the ones that the light shines through, you know, in the windows. So I'm going, isn't that perfect? We are all disciples. We are all apostles. And Jesus is supposed to shine through us. Amen. But someday we will get to see that light face to face. And I can't wait. What a glorious day that will be. So verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Not even Paul thought he was close to this. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. 
So don't let the things of the past weigh you down, whatever they are. I kind of liken it to traveling. Well, let's just say I am packing to go to Hawaii. You know I love Hawaii. Okay, when you go to Hawaii, what do you have? You wear shorts, short sleeve shirts, and bathing suits. That's basically all you need there because, you know, it's warm. It's a hot climate. So let's just say I decide, well, you know what? I need to bring another suitcase full of all my winter gear because you just never know, you know. You just See, that's ridiculous. That's extra baggage that we're carrying. It's old baggage that we don't need to carry. And oftentimes it's like, no, I need this baggage. I'm going to hang on to this baggage. Even though it's something that you will never use, you have it in your mind. No, I need it. I need this is This is my identity. And it's not. Your identity is in Christ. Amen? So remember that. We don't need extra baggage. And then he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our Christian walk is likened to a race. Paul said towards the end of his life, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. He knew that at the end of his life, he would receive a prize. And so that's what we need to keep our focus on, not things that are in the past, not that baggage that we want to carry around and uh, pull along through the airport. You know how hard that is to have a bunch of, of luggage in the airport? When we used to go to Hawaii, you know, we would bring our boys, and Austin had this obsession with orange juice when he was little. And so I would actually, and everything in um, Hawaii is expensive. Food is really expensive. And so I would have a suitcase almost full of orange juice. <laughs> Seriously. Because it was, he was so obsessed with it. But that was before they started charging for extra bags. And then, you know, we'd have this suitcase for Austin's orange juice. And then we'd have this really big one that was full of our, our uh, beach chairs, our boogie boards. I mean, we had backpacks, you name it, we brought it. And we would have this huge cart, you know, that I'm trying to maneuver around. Jeff and I are trying to maneuver these crazy things around. And, you know, I would smash my toenails and all sorts of things. And it's like, why do we have all this? And then we learned that, you know what, this ain't worth it. And we were actually kind of thankful they started to charge for the suitcases because we just left all that at home. And, you know, we rented the boogie boards. Okay. <laughs> Gee, that was 20 bucks a week. <laughs> So anyway, we don't need all that baggage. So let it go. Let it go so that you can run that race and receive that prize. Because for Paul, at the end of his race, he got to see Jesus face to face. And until that time, he pressed on in the service of the Lord. So verse 15, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So Paul said in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Isn't that amazing? He was looking forward to being with the Lord. I mean, it wasn't a morbid thing. No more than James saying, My life is but a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow. And that truly is it. Uh, but if we are building up our, you know, Treasures for heaven, not treasures here on earth, but looking forward to, you know, all those things that we did for Jesus here. We'll see the results of it in heaven. And that will be in 
the people that we've reached, you know, for him. So it says, if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So God will be your comfort, your God, your strength. Let him speak those words into your heart and take away all your fears and concerns. He will reveal those things that are hindering you from this race. And um, you just need to ask him. He wants to have clear communication between you and him. So all we have to do is ask. They say you can walk a mile backwards, but it only takes one step to get back to Jesus. Amen. So nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. And that is the mind of Christ. So let us not lose that part of the race with which we have already run, but let us walk by the same rule. Keep, you know, let us keep that white line, that finish line in view, always considering the glorious prize which is held out by God when you cross over that finish line. Amen. So, you know, as we finish up this whole study this year, it's been quite the ride. Um, it's been emotional at times. Um, it's certainly been an honor. I have to, I was asked on Tuesday night, I, they had their end of their ladies study dinner, and I was asked, they go, so when's your last study? And I go, well, I teach for the last time on Thursday. And they go, well, how did you feel about that? And I go, well, I have to admit, when I typed my last line, I cried. <laughs> so anyway, um, I know God has wonderful plans for this church. And I keep a, uh, a verse on my wall. I look at it every morning, and it's for I know my thoughts. Sorry, I have to read this. I can't say it by memory. I'm too upset. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for a hope and a future. And that goes for all of us, doesn't it? So with that in mind, I have a little worksheet for you. And it's called New Beginnings. And you're going to sit in your groups. Um, a couple of new ladies here. You can just pick whatever group you want. If you feel uncomfortable, then by, you know, don't feel like you have to stick around. But um, it's actually just, well, four questions and then a couple of A and Bs. And it says, what in your life causes you to worry and keep you from running that race? And then in reading the scripture in Matthew, what encourages you to see Jesus? What encouragement do you see Jesus giving you? And in this new season at Calvary Chapel Running Springs, is there something that is causing you to be burdened down and anxious? And if so, please write it down. And then we have a couple more scriptures to encourage you. And then we're going to have a little time of prayer. And then that will finish up this year's study. I want to encourage you to come next week. It'll be fun. We always have fun at the teas. But anyway, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, um, you have been so faithful. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful to us. And so we just give you this ladies' ministry, Lord, that whatever plans you have, we know they're wonderful. We know they're great that we would be able to just follow you, be one step behind you, Lord, just 
walking where you walk, Lord, doing what you want us to do, not getting ahead of you, Lord, but um, being right there with you as you lead. And so we just give you the rest of our um, morning, Lord, that you'll be able to speak to each one of us, comfort our hearts, encourage us, bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.